corrections segment on our show where we kind of just list things that either people said wrong or my other favorite type of correction where Brian missed the opportunity to make a joke. Okay, Uh, that's a good You missed a gag here. (laughs) (laughs) You could be like the Caitlin Collins of the uh, the St. Iowa world. Boring boring company. Phobes, did you go to a party? (laughs) Zinger. That's a great place to start the show. So I will start the show. All right, let's go. Sit back, relax, and enjoy the warm sounds of the Beer Engine Podcast with Griff and Tony. Look, sorry to jump in on you, Griff, but I feel like we should have a different version of the theme, and it'll probably take Liam about 53 takes to add, and friends, because occasionally we do have a friend, and today's one of those occasions. We do have a friend today. Uh, well, first of all, I do want to say uh, to everyone who notices that we have a different type of shitty sound quality today. You're right. I am in a different room. So it doesn't sound better or worse. Just a different type of bat, which is awesome. But um, I would like to welcome, uh, for the first time in a long time, my lovely wife, uh, Kelawatt, is back. Hello. 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 Um, sounding great. Uh, me, on the other hand, sounding terrible, talking, essentially talking into a cinder block, um, might as well be anyways, but, uh, <laughs> Nothing like a bit of so Tony, be, it's a live because room. we do have this nice, because we do have this nice guest, I want to, I do have to get this slight bit of basketball talk out of the way right off the top. Um, yeah, please do. I know, but, uh, yesterday was the NBA draft lottery. And I was going off to actually some of our friends here and people who do listen to the show, uh, including our friend W. Toods, who uh, that the Bulls not only should they have been whacked for Wemby, as I've been calling it, <laughs> but they they were they did so bad at it that they now don't receive any draft picks. They won't make any picks in this wow. year's draft. They won't get a first rounder. They don't get a second rounder. What? Um, they don't get anything. They did such a horrible job at the one thing they probably should have done, which was just lose. Um, instead, what they did was they won just enough so they could play one more road, two more road games, not even get gate receipts, <laughs> and, then, and then get no draft picks. So, excellent job by the Bulls. Uh, that's my tirade on that. And also, the Spurs are going to be good for twenty years again. So that kind of sucks. Really, has has Popovich ever developed a big man in his entire career? Like, has he ever coached I mean, up a big we'll man? We'll see if he's got this. If he's got the skills <laughs> this time around, hopefully he can pull it off. But. Um, yeah, so I had to get mad about that. Uh, yeah, but Tony, we, we do have a, our, our nice guest um, who, who took that nice long trip to Copenhagen with me and suffered uh, dealing with me and only me pretty much for many, many days. And then we got home and she's got to do the same thing. It's still me. You know, it's crazy. She goes on vacation. It's me and then get home and it's me here still. So... Uh, one thing we've been doing to try to limit the uh, awkwardness of still having to uh, of her still having to stare at me is actually stare at something else, which is this new. There's a new baking show out, Tony. I know you like the Great British Baking I Show. I do. Um, well, they've done it. They've done it again uh, here. So we now have the Great American Baking Show. Now we we did used to have this before, 
but it was nothing like the British version. And Jeff Foxworthy was a host for some reason. Yeah. But it's actually not even here. It's they filmed it in the UK in the tent. Wow. They were like, we'll just bring the Americans over here. Yep. Let's so it's much more like the British version. Um, they have, uh, we have, um, we have Holly, Paul Hollywood and Prue are judging. We, we just have mm-hmm. two different hosts. So mm-hmm. tell, tell us who the hosts are because I didn't recognize them at first, but um, you did. You did recognize well, at least this lady. I knew, I knew the girl. It's Ellie Kemper who was on Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt and The Office. And The Office, of course. Yes. And, and she's darling and lovely. And then who's the guy? Zach, Zach Cherry, yes. who's a comic. And he's on Severance, Tony. He's the... Um, Never watched Severance. Did you watch that? No. Oh, I, I felt like that was a show you would have watched, but maybe I was just way off base. But uh, It's pretty good, okay. uh, Tony. It's, and one reason it's pretty good is because it's just a saint, except everybody has American accents. So that's pretty much... <laughs> The only difference is, and the, and the guy, the guys are different, or the the hosts are different, but right, it's pretty much exactly the same. Uh, they make you know normal stuff. Everybody's pretty good, so um, you know, I, I would I would advise checking it out if you're into that wholesome baking show. I am. Stuff. I, interestingly, I um, I know it's been out for a while. Just caught the Bourdain documentary that was put oh, out. Yeah, uh, two years ago. That was really good. I uh, don't know whether you like it. I did. I thought it was, it didn't dwell too long in the end. You had to spend a little time on that last year of his life where he yeah. went a little manic. Um, but otherwise, I thought the first three quarters of it did a good job of summing up everything that Bourdain was. That's good. You know, I, I haven't, I don't remember if that was that one that was like criticized for being overly swooning, it was like Probably. essentially written by like, Eric Repair or whatever, yeah, which is fine. Okay. Everybody, that's gets fine. That's fine. It's a movie, die. so yeah, right, yeah. <laughs> but um, uh, I, I tend to agree that you can have you get. I mean, listen, we had they had a state funeral for George Bush, so I mean, I think Bourdain can get away with like having a nice movie made about him or whatever. Yeah. Um. All right. Well, I'll have to check that out. I, I never. I didn't actually yeah, get get around to that this. one. What's that? I said we haven't watched it. No, I haven't watched it. I, I didn't really, once he passed away, I sort of just disassociated from like watching the stuff anymore. Cause I was kind of yeah. irritated. I was like depressed by it. So I was like, I don't really want to sit here and like be sad about this. Um, yeah. Cause it is sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, but, but uh, I missed his content. That's what I've come to realize. Cause I found uh, Padma's um, travel show that she has on one of the mm. channels is on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. And it reminded me of Bourdain sort of that, that complex sort of travel vlog thing that, or travel show that she was doing um, reminded me of Bourdain and I thought, it's about time I went back and revisited Bourdain's stuff and I was about to watch some Parts Unknown and some Cook's Tour and then I found this and thought, hey, I'll give it a try. Um, and because it's been so long, you get some distance from the whole thing because uh, that um, the way it went down, it, it was swooning but... Uh, I don't think his last relationship um, came off particularly well on either respect. It can't. It mm. can't because she, I mean, didn't it end up she like, she like assaulted a teenager or something, yeah. right? Wasn't yep. that the thing with her? Yeah. Yeah. She, yeah, she was crazy. So, but no. She would, yeah. Is, was, yep. Across the board. Yeah. Um, okay. Well, Kel, 
uh, I don't know. With travel shows, we haven't done a ton of them lately. What am I? Why am I? I liked um, the we, Phil Rosenthal yeah, one. Yeah, I like that one. Somebody feed yeah. Phil. We've watched quite a bit of that. I feel like we're caught up, we're if caught not up very close. Yeah, I'm definitely I, caught up. On I that. enjoy his on his show. I used to actually not like him in early seasons because I thought he was a little bit over the top and almost like too excited. And he was constantly like pulling a face and just, mm-hmm. just really just so effusive. And then the more I watched it, the more I realized he's actually just really endearing and he really is truly very excited. Yep. Um, and now I love him. I think, I think he's great. I love a lot of the locations that he's gone to and just the way that he approaches the show. He's um, not doing a bit. That's, no. that's the thing you, 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 and for the first three or four episodes, you watch, you're like, oh, it's this guy. Yeah. The bit's going to drop at some point. And then you're like, oh, he's yeah. just this. Yeah. This is no, just this who is he him. is. And he's just genuinely so excited and so interested to learn about the food and to talk to people and to, to eat it and enjoy it. Yeah, and that was the really interesting part. It's the first cultural show, much like Bourdain, where he explores complex themes, but he's got a happy veneer about things. Not a happy veneer. He's got mm-hmm. a, a happy am- angle to areas that can be yep. sensitive, which is an interesting mm-hmm. um, take compared to Bourdain, who, who touched on those things, but often with a much much darker sort of tone. I think it's. I think they're they're um, complementary in some ways because yeah. there's there's sort of you know taking the optimistic look. Maybe you got to be careful not to be toxic with it, right? Where you're optimistic to the point of, well, if we just gentrify this area, it'll be awesome. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. But uh, right. Um, you do you do want to be optimistic that um, you know this the that the fact that there's something very good to eat here makes it maybe more worthwhile for normal travelers to try to seek it out and spend money and be a part mm-hmm. of it. Um, and then you do need the Bourdain part. That's just the, the gritty honesty part of it, which is like Henry Kissinger blew up this nice country and maybe we should have blown his head off after he did that, you know, or <laughs> yep, strung him up. There's no bow yeah. on, on Bourdain stuff where there is on Phil's. And I think right. in yeah. today's day and age, we kind of need that bow sometimes because we all live our lives without that bow. I think over the past couple of yeah, years, um, Nice to have the bow. Yeah, occasionally it is nice to have the bow. Um, Tony, this did make me think, and and uh, uh, Kel has been a part of this too. Which is there's there's a guy in Chicago, and I, I don't know if anyone's ever done this from Melbourne, that's been eating at every, a place from every country in the world. That's that's um, representative of every country in the world. I love because Chicago idea. has a big enough is a big enough city. That it has every single country essentially, pretty much. I, I've seen and, somebody uh, do the alphabet, but I haven't seen it. Somebody do the countries. Essentially, you're doing it. He's doing it in alphabetical order, but he's so he's just at like whatever. Um, he did D, Cam- maybe. Oh, I just saw the Cameroon. Yeah, one. maybe C. He did Cameroon just recently, and I'm like, geez, there's Cameroonian food in Chicago. It's crazy, but um, yeah, it was. It's pretty. That's a pretty cool follow. I'll send. I'll send you that. It's yeah, be interesting to see what he did for Australian food. Probably something hacky like kangaroo. I, there is no, there's a no, there's a pie place. I was actually going to go there. I'm going to be back in July. I'm going to go to the pie place in in Chicago. Mm. Uh, get some get some hand hand pie there. Yeah, uh, Tony, we do have to do. It's called a meat pie. Or, sorry, meat pie. <laughs> because we can have a big family size version that's very hard to fit in your hand. <laughs> you know, in Brazil, 
in Brazil, they have like um, kind of contained uh, kind of pie type thing. Not really, but it's a stuffed pastry. They're called pastel. But yes. they are like the size of your computer screen. Like they're these oh big fuckers that um, are just stuffed with goat cheese and stuff or mm. with bacalao. Tony, you know what bacalao is? I do. Um Oh, you know what bacalao is? No. It's like um, salted, it's, fish, it's it? salted, salted dried fish. Yeah, oh. they, they essentially pack the fish into these big barrels. And you'll see them at the market in Sao Paulo, too. But they're packed in there, and then they pull them out, and they rinse them off, and then they kind of rehydrate it. And then they'll put, they make a pastry filled with that and olives and capers and stuff. Oh, you lost me at olives. Well, yeah. here, is, here is my lunch because we run so late, I have to eat during the show. Uh, this is known by many things. It's toad in the hole, um, sausages in blankets. It's pork sausages in a Yorkshire pudding batter. Oh, it is That's a nice Yum. lunch. Yeah. I man's, want that. My man's rocking a nice lunch. That's good to know, Tony. Uh, Tony, we got to do our bit. Uh, even though even though Kel's here, we have to do our bit. It's, uh, Let's do it quick. Griff's XFL recap, which is an important bit of ours. Uh, this is the last week no, of it. It would be a shame. Griff. What's that? <laughs> no huddle offense. Let's let's keep this. No huddle going. offense, and yeah, as if the XFL could pull off a no huddle offense. Um, so what we do on this bit, Kel, is we go to the XFL website and see if they post the scores, because most weeks they do not. Uh, pretty much every week they haven't had anywhere where you could go to see the scores of the game. Oh, which is an awesome way to design your website. Way to keep your audience engaged. Right, and then we look at the. Uh, weekly rewind and count how many words in it because in the past we've had upwards of 6,000 words spilled <laughs> ink all over the uh, the XFL uh, just over a few XFL games which is awesome to think about uh, this week I, I cannot believe it it took till the final week but if you go to XFL.com gang and I won't even spoil the result for you if you don't want I probably will because I'm going to tell everybody <laughs> But uh, you will land, and the first fucking thing you see is the score of the game, Arlington 35, DC 26, right in front of your face. It took 10, 12 weeks for them, however long, to plant the score on their website. It was the funniest possible outcome for the XFL, Tony, because the team that won the league was 4-6 and six during the regular season. I know. Wow. It, it's great. They it defeated a team awesome. that went 9-1. and one. And I like I how... Like, they don't explain it to anybody, and it took me a second to work it out, but they've got their record in brackets underneath. And then they've got a comma, and I think it's their playoff record. It's their playoff record, yeah. They went 2-0 yeah. and oh in the playoffs, oh, yeah. Geez. Versus the DC defenders who went 1-1. One one. Um, Brutal. Yeah, they, they came in, yeah. One game ahead. Um, uh, Tony, the uh, XFL recap for the one game that was played this week. I'm going to uh, set the line at... 2,800 words. What do you think, Kelly? Over or under 2,800? 2,800. I'm going to go over. Mm. Sorry, Kelly. It went under. It's 2,000. Only a mere 2,640 words were uh, about eight eight pages single spaced um, of (laughs) of text. Uh, The final sentence, let me read it. The final. Uh, words uh, written about the uh, 2023 XFL season. Bob Stoops was doused 
with Pedialyte, with one minute and seven seconds left, it signaled that the coronation was complete on the same field that he'd won an Alamo Bowl coaching Oklahoma. Wow, what an achievement. He and Perez, uh, who must be the quarterback, had made the Renegades the unlikely 2023 XFL champions, the intersection of dreams and opportunity indeed. Wow, like a, re- a regular Faulkner in here. Um, thank you to whoever that guy was, Josh Lewin, Josh something. Yeah, Josh, Josh um, Lewin, who, who Lewin. seems to be slipping down. Every sporty covers gets less and less um, mainstream. Soon he'll be yeah, covering the um, paddle tennis. Yeah, um, I think Hilo or whatever what it is in Miami. What's that sport that oh, yeah, they play where they throw like a frisbee into a bucket or something or a barrel? They have like four or you five mean people frisbee golf? around. No, it's not that. I, I got to remember what it was, but it's on ESPN at like 4 a.m. <laughs> um, where they're, they're, it's sort of got a four square vibe about it to me. But Has he covered any bags tournaments? Oh, yeah, he could be doing. Maybe he'll be writing 1800, uh, uh, 2,800 words on fucking cornhole. It'd <laughs> be awesome. It's a lot to say uh, about bags. Well, there you go, Tony. That's the XFL recap. Kel, thank you for the guess on the gigantic amount of, like, I'm trying to think, 12 weeks times what? About 4,000 average words? Yeah. And that's a novel. This guy wrote a novel for. It, um, it was tapering, though. XFL you could tell he started off. Like he got an editor. Yeah, six and a half thousand words, and then each week it it slowly dwindled. I think the lowest was no two one's and a half thousand. That's that's probably true because I don't even <laughs> think you read it, did you, uh, Griff? Because you just uh, highlighted all. Of oh my god, I've never it read it. it. I've I've read it. I've read pieces of it out loud because they're very funny, but I've never I've never actually read read it through. Um, I just I just look for like quotes where he has anything written in italics or quotes is a signal for me that he has uh, he's done something stupid and, <laughs> and I have to I have to recognize it. Um, all right, Tony, on to the beer talk. This will be a beer heavy episode, maybe. Uh, now I saw. Now you said last week that you had uh, headed over to your the big opening for the the new Ma- Mafra. Brewing, uh, Mafco Brewing. So why don't well, you tell me about? I said it was coming. Up. How that went? It hasn't happened yet. It happened. Oh, it hasn't happened yet. No, the um, I'm not. Sure. I think the official one is Saturday, but I'm going to be a part of Friday's festivities for everybody that sort of helped get that thing open. Me in a very small way. Um, so yeah, we'll be getting together Friday, um, having a few drinks and a bit of finger food. So um, that'll be good to catch up with Jimmy the Brewer again and and the girls and. Everybody that helped put that together. Uh, I know Saturday they've got a band coming. They're doing discounted tasting paddles for purely Mafco mm. beer, uh, along with their homemade jerky. And on Sunday they've also got more music in, and they've got their smoker running. So they'll be having barbecue meats right. coming off the smoker. So it should be uh, a good t- weekend. How often are you going in to, to check on brews or assist with recipes or anything like that? <sighs> He's not brewing a lot at the moment. There's sort of been sort of a, a, a crunch with his work hours and things like that and, and things behind the scenes. But is, is he working a normal job too? Yes, he is. He's a... Um, wow. Wow. He's an engineer, a civil engineer. Oh, jeez. So he's, oh, <laughs> so he's a difficult very, job, I mean. Yeah, this is not um, somebody um, doing nine-to-five work either. He's, he's got 
conveyancing on the side and he's he's fairly flat out but his real passion is brewing uh he's the one that put together a lot of the engineering for the brewery so uh there are a lot of things that other breweries would have taken as missteps that he was able to see ahead of time not to say it's been 100 percent perfect straight away but i'm in there about once a week helping him out in a small way whether it's taking samples or the other day i was helping him keg and um uh, what was it? Monday night, I gave him a hand as we were clearing a beer, putting some biofine in it, um, and then I came in the next day and, and burped the beer for him and, and roused the, the uh, biofine. Uh, so we've got a nice clear beer finally on tap because he hadn't been doing any sort of fil- filtering or any sort of um, even whirl flock, so it'll be nice to have something different other than hazy lager. Yeah, get the yeah, get the <laughs> get the flock going on this yep. thing, baby. Let's go. Um, what 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 are we going to have on Saturday? What's going to be the draft on Friday, Saturday? Is it you got the saison, you got the Mertzen. We talked about those so far. Yep, you've got a. Um, I'll call it a lager, uh, but for all intensive purposes, it's a super clean, uh, pilsner heavy beer. He's using a. Um, sort of selected Kvike strain. So the thing mm. is a lot of Kvike is being um, used but not in the way that it was used when it was first on the market because um, Kvike, as you and I know, has that rotten fruit thing going on. But there's been a, a couple of the strains where they've isolated um, the really hard working part of the yeast and it has none of that flavour compounds and you can essentially awesome. use it to yeah. get a pseudo lager and a pseudo lager okay. out the door in three weeks. And, All right. And I'm appreciative of that, yeah, if they can work that flavour out. You know, I used to like just the normal like yeast um, in like, I mean, those Finnish-style or Norwegian-style farmhouse beers. I think that I think that flavour doesn't stand out so much in those like sati type beers, you you pick up more of the clean fruit flavors that you'd maybe get when you have like a Belgian yeast or something in a saison or a French yeast or something. Yeah, um, but with these new ones and these are dried yeast, so they're not even like a, a liquid yeast that you're using. Mm. Come across super clean. I'm just trying to find the actual strain because um, there's a couple. There's Voss, which is the traditional. Um, might be. Might be the Nova Lager. No, that's a mm-hmm. no, that's a new lager again. That's super clean, but super super quick in fermenting. It might be the Voss strain. I don't know, but whatever. Um, it's, it's, it, it's it comes really out. Clean. That flavor comes out the worst in in IPA. That's the that's where it just something something mixes together when you use like Citra and Kvike yeast. Yeah. That, it ain't happening for me. I mean, I remember a, a batch. There, I swear to God, there was a batch of Snaggletooth Bandana at Salamoth that tasted like straight up rotten peaches. Ew. It was miserable. <laughs> I'm like, I like this beer. What the fuck happened? Yeah. But uh, it was it was real. It was very sad. And then we're going to have the pale, the two versions of the pale ale on tap. So mm-hmm. there's a. What in Australia we'd call uh, mid-strength, so about 3.5% and then the 4.7% version of it. The 3.4 is actually hoppier. Uh, It's more in line with a true pale, Um, just classic old-school cascade all the way, but he put in a decent dry hop. All right, Kel, what are you ordering at the MAFCO opening? You got the two pails, you got uh, Meriton, 
Saison and the Kvikit Lager. I want the pale. You want 3.7 pale? I want both of them. I want both pales. You're going, yep. you're going escalating mm-hmm. pales. Mm-hmm. I think I'm starting it. I think I'm starting at the pale too. And I'm, but I want a Meritzen while I'm, while I'm playing around. Yeah, you do. I, I, I'm, I'd be into that. Yeah. That, that beer is absolutely killer. That has been done with a traditional lager strain. The only thing he's done sort of trick is ferment that under pressure. So it just speeds everything up and mm. it's, it really has that nice breadiness that you would expect out of that style of Ugh. beer. Sourdough in a glass in a good way. Not, um, not anything weird, but that, that yeasty breadiness that you get from that Pilsner malt and that, I don't know whether he used Vienna or Munich to get um, those flavours, but bang on, bang on spec. So I'm excited to get that one on tap. That's, um, I think, going to be launched on Friday. So very, very exciting. That's yeah, that's, awesome. hey, that's cool. What's what's the bar, what's the smoking situation in Australia? Guess, is it making like, are they doing like traditional American type barbecue smoke meat? So it'd be brisket and stuff. Or are we throwing snags or lamb or some? We're definitely throwing lamb into the mix because that's one of our most um, used beasts in Australia. Um, lamb is extremely expensive in Australia right now because the cost of lamb farming has gone through the roof, but that's definitely going to be a part of it. Uh, traditional beef cuts. Um, but we often use Australian native woods rather than just the fruit woods. We no, have so, access yeah. to a lot of the fruit woods, specifically apple, because there are a lot of apple orchards in this region. But we're using stuff like yellow box and red gum and stringy. They all provide slightly different flavours that work exceptionally well with lamb. So you've got the more gamey um, taste of lamb mixed with those um, stronger Australian woods, especially red gum is quite a a powerful wood when it comes to flavour. I wish grammar purists were here to tell me how how stupid and uh, a baby palate uh, I have because I can't taste the different woods. Like I can't perfectly isolate the flavor of the various fruit woods, um, uh, because I'm a, because I'm an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Not everything is unique, but you can certainly tell the difference between, say, a fruit wood like an apple or a cherry to a pecan or a mesquite. I think I could tell the difference between applewood and mesquite. I think I could do yeah. that. I think that I could handle. But I think. You go, you go too deep, and I'm, I'm having to pick out all the, you know, I don't know. No, I, I just don't. I, I, I'm, no. I'm, I'm too stupid. I'm going to pull the Marcus Samuelson and just be like, mm, I described this as yummy. Mm, there barbecue. Ooh, yeah. you cooked it right. Wonderful. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with not being able to describe it. If you can taste it, that's fine. If it tastes yummy, yeah. and that's, that's all that matters. Because uh, there are some yeah. woods that you don't want to be smoking wood with that are, that are gross, so... Um, um, yeah, some like a pine like poison, anything like poison wood. one. Yeah. Mm. Okay. Yeah, maybe like some poison ivy. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. Mm. It's gonna fizzle. It's green. Oh, it's not yeah, gonna burn. Yeah, right. Oh, interesting. Well, it probably so it wouldn't work. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um. All right. One little Discord thing before we get into the meat of our show, which will be a little bit of NBCC talk. Um, I did. I got a little Quora potpourri. I don't believe this is from Quora. This is from Reddit. Came across my eyes today. 
Um, so I did throw this up in the core of potpourri. And gang, you can join the Discord and come post funny things or look at the breweries that we're going to or the breweries that Nick Torque is going to, at least. Uh, if you uh, just drop us a note, uh, an email, beerengineshow at gmail.com. Uh, or you just go to our website and click on the Discord logo, which looks like a little video game controller. At the bottom of our website, uh, the website is beerengineshow.com, I believe. Yes. Uh, but this was on for potpourri. Uh, Ken Poppercorn. Uh, Ken Poppercorn popcorn more healthy than we think. This is from self.popcorn. Uh, four comments popcorn one year ago by deleted. Uh, so this isn't new. Uh, popcorn is only one like Styrox to human body and it absorbs a lot wet from body. I think people eat so much stuff that are wet, so Bobby goes slime. Usually healthy foods are those what are easy to digestive. Many superfoods are hard to body to digestive, so they aren't so healthy. It's true, comma, period. But I say popcorn is truly more healthy than anything because non-else food is like Styrox. Popcorn with garlic, slash, comma, give good change if eat everyday popcorn. I do almost never felt so great. Maybe it's popcorn's fault. I feel better. Well, this is true, but why stop at garlic? Why not add turmeric so it's good for your joints? Um, why not yeah. add cranberries? That way you'll get rid of your yeast infection. Um, Maybe hard so to many digest foods it. that you could add in powder form okay. to your styrox. Okay, so if you, the powder won't be as digestive, bad. No, um, Slime. Yeah. Now... You've taken a screenshot of this, Griff. Do you have access to the original post? Because I want you to uh, uh, copy and paste that and see if you can get ChatGPT to make sense of that for us. Um, see if it can translate and uh, see if we can get something that actually All right, I will sense. try to do that for next week. It'll be kind okay. of lame if I try to do it right now. But, uh, yeah. yeah, I will see if I can pull that off next week or at least just type it into... Uh, chat GPT to see if it see if it can parse out and I'll actually uh, one thing I've learned um, from a friend here is that you can I'll try to get it to give you like a, a humor rating on it like how funny is it out of 10 oh I like that uh, it'll do that for me sometimes mm. it'll, it'll just tell me how funny it is and I can decide if I'm supposed to laugh or not um, now, have you guys had any problem with your body becoming slime and if you have how did you overcome that without the use of popcorn hmm um, my, uh, Kel, why don't you answer that? <laughs> I don't know how to answer that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I guess the next most logical thing to do would just be to sit yourself in a bathtub full of rice, perhaps. Oh! Oh, yeah, like a phone! Oh, that's yeah. pretty good. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right. This is a new health stuff. We just serve <laughs> popcorn and we have bars of rice. And we have different There's versions There's a spa of treatment that yeah. says, is body slime? Is body slime sitting rice? rice. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay. And we have the different Thanks bars. About- we, we have like yes. aged basmati bath, and then we have like Ooh. a short grain sushi rice bath, and then we have an yes. aborio bath, and they all fix different this, things. This like person it. was so much slime, they turned it right into risotto. It became risotto <laughs> almost immediately. It's uh, all right, so there's that. <laughs> Very good. Um, all right, so let's get to the meat of um, one of the re- reasons I wanted to have uh, Kel on for this this episode. We wanted 
we skipped it last week. Wanted to talk a little bit about our, our experience over in Copenhagen at NBCC. Um, so knowing Tony that uh, even though Brian Malika won't listen to this, I do think you've absorbed his sort of um, obsession with chronology. Uh, no, no, fuck that. I, you don't have to start with the start. If if that's not know, where we, you want to start, we we can do, do want to start. We can memento this son of a bitch. I'm happy. To I do sort that. of want to start at the start for my own purposes because I will just skip stuff if we don't start okay. at the start. So we're going to start at the start. Um, I, I want to go even before we get to Copenhagen because you know Kelly and I've been to this, but it'll be our third. This is our third go around at this at the fest. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So first time we went, it was 2019. These are in the olden days where I was not, um, I had not traveled for work at quite as much or enough yet to be um, relevant in the eyes of American Airlines. So I had to pay, uh, you know, I was just paying money for this flight and I cheaped out because I don't care. It's not like I get benefits on any other airline. So we flew on Norwegian Airlines. I don't know if you're familiar with Norwegian Airlines, Tony, but it's sort of, sounds like it's just the national airline of Norway, but it's actually just a shitty airline that, that, that like took on the name of the country. Okay. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Can I it's very just, much a budget airline. Can I just recommend for people that are on TikTok uh, to check out the TikToks surrounding, they're not put out by this airline because it's just people getting mad with their baggage policy. And I think for good reason, Frontier Airlines. A Norwegian. No, Frontier. Oh, Frontier. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Norwegian is not as bad as Frontier, but it's it's up there in just being like weird. Now, the first time we went, Tony, the, the, uh, Norwegian had actually not what, had an issue with plane, their planes. They, they were a lot of them getting like a recall fixed or something. Mm-hmm. So they had to re they had to sort of jigger their schedule around a little bit um, with contractors. So they brought in a contract, like a charter contract to fly us over. And the name of the airline that flew us over was Wamos. That sounds Wamos like a, sounds totally Air legitimate. On this rickety ass fucking triple seven. Um, I tell you what that reminds me of. Can you remember like in the late 90s, early 2000s, when they started fusing dance music with African music. That sounds like oh, It does band. sound like something like that. Yeah. Uh. Right. Like a, yo, it's, oh, it's Wamos music. It's amazing. Yeah. Yep. Um, yeah, that's what flew us over. Um, you know, so it's been a long way, a long way up because uh, when we left uh, New York City JFK, we were sitting in our first class, like, pods, we actually got bumped on our flight to nice. London, to Heathrow. Yeah. And uh, Kel, now, Kel, talk about the pods a little bit and, and uh, tell them how nice, it, how nice it was. Well, um, okay. So <laughs> you, the nice thing is you board first and you come in through like the, the very like front of the plane. And so you walk in and one of the lovely flight attendants has a tray of champagne, orange juice, or water. Of course, you pick the champagne. You always pick the champagne. Or and the you go move is to pick both the orange juice and champagne, and you get yourself a mimosa. Even yeah. smarter, even smarter, Tony. Um, and so you go to your to your little pod, and it's. I mean, you have the, like the seat that you can fully control in terms of like how far you want to recline it. You've got your TV. You've got your amenities kit, which has all the nice little like. Fancy 
hand lotion and lip balm. There's mm-hmm. a toothbrush. Oh. There's a pair of socks. And um, there's a Casper pillow and a blanket. Mm-hmm. And you can lay totally flat. You so can. you lay totally flat and you can sleep. So we actually slept on the plane, which is an achievement for us because I, I rarely sleep very well on these flights. So I actually knocked off for a while. So I was ready to go. Mm-hmm. And we got to Copenhagen. Oh, wait. The food. The food was really good. Oh, we did get fed, yeah. Yeah, we got, like, you know, it was, like, better than your the whatever, you know, they're serving you on an international flight in in uh, Coach, which we got to experience on the way back. So, yes, yeah. so we were quickly brought back to reality. Um, but it bring you know, of course, like, you know, your, you have your dinner, and I had pre-ordered some grain bowl with chicken or whatever, and then... They come around and they're like, oh, would you like dessert? And I'm like, yes, of course I want dessert. And they're like, okay, well, we have a cheesecake or we have um, an ice cream sundae. And I'm like, oh, ice cream sundae. And they're like, okay, well, do you want all of the toppings? They're like, hot fudge, caramel, fruit, nuts, whipped cream. I'm like, yes, all of it. Tell yes, the thank you. <laughs> I did. And it was amazing. And I um, was extremely happy. And then I slept. Yeah, took a nice nap. <laughs> yeah. The only- see, so the, the, the travel was relevant only because we got spoiled there. And we get on, we get to Heathrow. We eat our little oh. breakfast, which was nice. And we, mm-hmm. get to, we get to Heathrow. And um, we walk out the airplane. And it is immediately the stillest air I've ever felt. Now, this is interesting for a place like London where they only have the sun maybe, I don't know, Tony, what do you think, 12 to 18 days a year the sun comes out in London, based on my estimates of watching the football matches. I think that's fair. Maybe. Yeah. No, I think that's fair. I was about to say <laughs> yeah. maybe it's a little maybe more than 30, that. But but once, yeah. once a month yeah. is fair because you get sort of that whole middle period of the year during winter where you get no sunshine at all. The sun does never, it's also just, it's, it's dark and in between gray. So yep. um, anyways, we're, we're getting there and I, re, so I, I realize, so we have to, we have to go between terminals or something it takes forever. We're sort of a little anxious. You got to like scurry between all these areas. Um, got our coats on because it had been cold in New York and it's London. So fuck, it's going to be cold here. Um, and, uh, we get to the part of Heathrow that's like the part where you go back through security and it's a greenhouse. It's all so. windows and oh. it is the one of the handful of sunny days <laughs> in London. And there is not there isn't fucking air conditioning in anything. No. There. No. You know? So it is one of so it is like hot. It is still air. We are we well, smell and we're, and we we're are also just like, like hustling. Like we're trying to like get through security and i thought we were being very prepared in security because last year i remember having you had to take out you know all of your electronics all mm-hmm. of your toiletries yada yada take it all apart shove it back in your bag we were doing that and then i literally have everything in my arms i'm like holding my, my laptop yeah. and my kindle and my toiletries about to put them in the bin and the guy's like oh no no you don't have to take it. Don't take anything don't, don't, out. Don't take yeah. it out. You, you can keep it all in your bag. And I'm like, Ugh. so you just like shove it all back in, get through. And we're also like trying to make up for time because we're like, ooh, we get to go to the lounge. We didn't make it to the we lounge. We did not make it to the lounge. Oh, but no. then we had to walk to the very end gate and we're like, we're, we are just nasty. So I just go to the bathroom Sweating and try to splash some water in my face. We're about to get on our plane to Copenhagen and they're like, well, it's going to be delayed just a little bit. Um, 
because there's been there was an issue with the passenger on the plane, and I'm oh, like, a Karen. I know what Tony. What do you think that means when they say that? It either means a medical issue, but more than likely, it could be somebody being a Karen. See, I see. I I, I was. I'm halfway in between. Uh, I thought somebody, uh, in in British layman's terms, chundered or made sick, as uh, you might say. Yep. A classic. Um, that was my interp of yeah. Right. <laughs> I'm thinking a little bit of made sick on the plane. Would be, I think they barfed is what I'm saying. I think they threw up. They had a reversal. Yeah. In pro eating terms, they had a reversal. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That's right. Um, so, so, okay, so that's the end of the travel. We pretty much get, we get to Copenhagen after that. We hang out at the airport bar, meet up with our friend W2s, uh, knock off a couple beers, Head in. First tap takeover we went to that day was Ruse, I think. Ruse and Mortalis. You flew totally past the Canteon, 100% Lambic by Oh, think. yeah. At the airport Whoa. bar, Tony, they had um, Canteon 100% Lambic and 100% Creek Bios on the draft at the airport bar. Jesus Christ, that's a step up from Gordon Bish that you get at LA. Yeah, we, right? <laughs> we, uh, we enjoyed ourselves uh, some Creek and Lambic at the... Uh, um, at the airport bar, which was dope. Yes, and how would that rate, so this is why we do this chronologically. Yeah, <laughs> but how would that rate in the rest of your beers surrounding your trip? Is that something that was forgettable? Obviously, it was for you, uh, Griff, but it wasn't. Oh, no, it was wonderful. Uh, <laughs> it, it just didn't, I don't know. It, it, the only reason I would say it's not as memorable is because I could probably actually get it here. So, <laughs> But it's. I, I can't get it in a fucking airport here. That's for damn sure. No, and to have it after a long travel day. Right, it was lovely. It's nice. Um, and then we get back. We go to the, uh, we went to the Ruse. Ruse from Portland, Mortalis takeover. I didn't get any Mortalis, but I was just drinking Ruse pills and Ruse stout, which was pretty fire. Is that at Friends? Yeah, it was at Friends, yeah. Mickler and Friends. It's a lovely bar. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm guessing highlights of that are there's a, there's a Pilsner from Ruse that I really loved. Um, highly recommend Ruse if you find your way to Portland, gang. Um that was good. And then Thursday, we went to the uh, the Petters mm-hmm. Forager Takeover. So there's a very old bar in Copenhagen. I highly recommend this to everybody to go to this bar. It's um, It has a very old feeling anyways. It's like a garden-level bar downstairs, very small, called Pet. I mean, to the English layman, it would be Petters, but maybe, I guess probably just Peters. Yeah. Yeah. Um, with a D and uh, it's uh, they had 37 drafts of forager on um, which were all lovely. I love forager. I've talked about forager a lot on here, I believe, but the highlight for me was uh, after they, they must've killed one of the foragers because then they put on this home. So there's a home brewer who won the contest to get into the beer fest and he made a barley wine. Um, Excellent. Or the fest. And it went on draft at, at this place and I swear to God, he just dumped straight jacket into a carboy or VSOJ into a carboy <laughs> and re-carved it because it was fucking amazing. It, t- it tasted like straight up bourbon barrel aged figs and raisins and caramel. It was unbelievable. But that could be to the advantage. Like homebrew recipes are sometimes over the top. And if people know what they're doing, they're throwing in so many ingredients that you would never they don't have to worry about cost. Yeah. Yeah. You would never do it on a commercial scale. 
um, you can get away with some some stuff without knowing your craft really. Just use the sheer amount of ingredients to overcome um, that skill that pro brewers have. Did you have any favorite forager favorites, Kel? Do you have any forager ones that stuck out to you? I had that species which had multiple kinds of vanilla in it. That's right. So they had a whole series of their nillers with a mm-hmm. bunch of Z's stout. Um, yeah. And they all had like different vanilla variants. This is another thing where I'm just like, fuck me. You know, what am I, what am I doing with this? Uh, oh, damn. Is that Congolese vanilla? It makes that Tahitian <laughs> vanilla taste like fucking shit. You know, I just dump it out. And where do you so stand really on the Bourbon vanilla and the Madagascar? Yeah, I know. This is Madagascar and... Tahitian, <laughs> and you know these guys are probably actually working hard to do this tastings of these vanillas, and they're like, and they can notice the difference between them. Maybe I would too if I was sitting there with like scraping the bean and like tasting, tasting many of them in a row. Yeah, right, and getting my palate sort of like like stretched to the point that I had to do it. Look, I'm drinking in stout, and I'm eating like a cardamom bun that Kelly ran into the door of the bakery to get, well, and I'm like, mm, this is great. Yeah, well, it, also, so it's the bakery next door is the oldest bakery in Copenhagen. And so we were, I was watching the window, and as we walked up, they didn't have any cardamom buns in the window. They just had cinnamon buns, and they had some, I forgot what they're called, but they're like the yeasted um, rolls for prayer day because that was, it was um, prayer day. On, like fri- nice on Friday. Yeah. And um, I was like, oh, bummer, that's, that's too bad. And so then we're standing outside because you can stand outside and drink in Copenhagen. And I saw them set down a fresh full tray. And I was like, I'm going. I'm like, yep. I'm going. I'm like, Tyler, you want one? Okay, we're going. Like, we ran in there and like grabbed them because they were so, they were warm and they were fresh. Oh, and they were so better. good. Yeah. And so you're standing there and you're, you're drinking your stout and you're eating your cardamom bun. And you're like, yeah, this is pretty great. Yeah. So we ended up drinking a hand, uh, drinking a handful of stouts at about noon on Thursday. That was a good way to start our, our trip. It, it is. This is what I keep saying to to people: start your day off with your heavy stouts. You want to get your palate exploded, and then you get mm-hmm. into the other stuff afterwards. It's no use going in with a fatigue palate into the big barrel aged stouts. Go in with a fresh palate to that stuff. And then continue on and expand outside of that. Eat your dessert first and then you move on. Mm-hmm. And that actually worked out because I think after that we maybe peeked into Friends or something. And uh, all I remember, honestly, the, the biggest thing I remember is going to Gasoline Grill and eating the burger at Gasoline Grill oh that God. day, which is one of the best burgers I've had. I can't believe um, we waited that long. It was so good. Very famous to burger place burger. in Copenhagen. Um, that makes what I would say, Tony, is sort of a cross between a, it's somewhere halfway between kind of your pub burger and a smash burger. Mm-hmm. They're smashing it, but it's got some, it's got some heft to it. So it's not as thick as that, but it's not as skinny as some of those smash burgers that get smashed into oblivion and dried out. This now, had some like nice, nice texture to it still. You know, I like the oblivion smashed out crust. I do all too. Of, all about the yeah. crust. Mm-hmm. But George Moats came up with this genius technique the other day, or it might have been Alvin on the Burger Show. Don't know whether you watch it on YouTube, but check it out on First We Feast channel. Amazing stuff. But what they've done is you create two smash patties. One you just treat normally, throw cheese on it. At the same time, you're cooking one and you're doing it, I think it's the, 
is it Ohio or Iowa? Comes from one of those states. Um, that's four letters. Um, and you stick a huge ball of thinly sliced onion on top, and then you smash the patty and the. Oh, onions. That's Oklahoma. Oklahoma, sorry. There you go. Started big mode. Um, onions, big mode. Yeah. So you do that, but then you merge the two patties together yeah. in one bun. Oh, yeah. And that's that it. Sounds good. Yeah. Yep. That sounds great. Well, gasoline grill, Tony. If you ever make this trip with us, we're going to get that burger. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm going to get it no matter what. But it's an unbelievable. Burger. And they have crinkle cut fries. Crinkle cut fries, they rock. Now, you, so that you, was great. Yeah. You know, I'm all about the crinkle cut fry, or like a curly fry, mm-hmm. or a mm-hmm. fry with like skin on it. I, I'm just mm-hmm. over the standard French fry. Just give me something different. Um, in, yeah. In the shape or texture. Yes, you would love this. Um, this is why we're friends, Tony. And then <laughs> the next the next couple of days were the lame part, the fest, a boo-hoo. You know, I had to do that. It was great this year. I, I'll be honest. It was great. We had a good good time, great beers. Now, how um, did our usual move? My, we did see some workers in there. We did post some in our Discord. If oh you check goodness. it out in the beer chat, I think you can see some of the employees that were uh, around doing their important business with their the amount of office supplies like the post-its and everything They're people just, had I'm custom like, books like, made yes, custom like, like printed and printed bound bound notepads i'm like guys come on for you, fun. you have friends in your life i'm looking at one person in particular that i know is in <laughs> your life she would do that and she would it would be her highlight of the beer fest is doing something like that putting that together I mean, sure, but at the, like, it, it, there's a point where it's fun, and then there's a point where you're like, come on. Like, sitting there and co- taking copious notes and highlighting and stretching still, it off, I'm like, go drink the beer. I still love the runners, the guys who do the running to grab the beers, and then they have people come in with lots of extra little cups, and they make little, essentially, arrays of, like, 8 to 16 beers where they've got them all sort of laid out for different sampling. I'm like, dude, you can't get, I mean, I have not, I don't think I've ever left this fest like drunk. Really? I mean, maybe with a buzz. Yeah. But I've never left this thing and been like, man, I'm fucked. Yeah, no, 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 no. So I've been able to drink all five centiliters of almost every beer they give me. And if I don't like something, I will just get rid of it. So that's fine. fine. I don't waste the points on it. Yeah. Um, but you generally five centiliters. What's five centiliters, Tony? Probably about an ounce and a half. I no would idea. Say. We don't use centiliters in Australia, so you'll have okay, to. Okay, so that I know conversion. twenty. I know twenty. I know twenty is six point seven ounces. So I'm going to say about almost two ounces. Um, uh, we'll say centiliters to milliliters. Um, because we use mills in Australia to mills. That's what I want to see. Uh, so fifty mil. Um, yeah, yeah, it's fifty mil. So that's what that's an that's an ounce and a half, two ounces, yeah. ounce and three quarters, ounce maybe. and three quarters. Yeah. Okay. So generally, that's what you're getting. Even sometimes less, especially the strong stuff. So um, you can just have that. I think that's okay. I don't know. Yeah, How many ways can you split an ounce and three quarters? <laughs> I don't know. Um, kind of amazing though. One way. So that was you that need was to good. Use the whole really, um, and and that's. 
Especially if you're making tasting notes, you're going to need most of that ounce in right. three Right, you're going to have to, like, yeah. the one little driplet that you're going to get out of, like, it's not going to tell you anything. And it's not even going to tell you if yeah. you liked it or not. And forget about buzz. I'm not talking, because you were saying that you don't um, end up getting too hammered. The amount of palate fatigue that you go through, you can only taste so many right. beers in a day. Like, these right. p- places that have 20 or 37 beers on tap, what you really having his choice there. You're not trying to go through those 37 beers. Same at a beer festival. You try to pick out your favourites. You've got choice on what will be your favourites. It's not about trying to taste everything. Yeah, this isn't this isn't Pokemon. No, I'm not collecting them all. You know, it's going to be. We do try. Pokemon. Well, you could okay. You can try. <laughs> Kel, give me a couple of favorite breweries from this this year's fest. You got any favorite breweries or beers or? Anyone who really stood out to you? Um, well, I had to go back and look at my untap because it, there were so many that we checked in. And I there was one that I had checked in. It was a stout from Finback. It was memory and perception. And I literally typed, and I sometimes will write goofy things in there, in the notes mm-hmm. when I check it in. But I just said, oh, wow, uh-huh. <laughs> which was clearly must have been very good in that moment. Um, that was really good. I think, like, so back to starting your day off with stout, like, every, each of the, the days of the fest, we would go and get first our espresso or our coffee and then go head over into the Moxa line to get their stout. Their stouts are always fantastic. The Bounteous was really good. That mm-hmm. was, it was like a coconut, big time coconut boy right there well i wonder why you liked it yeah that's that weird <laughs> bounteous is a uh oh no yeah it is so it's um i aged in pikesville and weller 12 barrels for 15 months comeros vanilla beans oh i did taste comeros oh, and, can- <laughs> and candy cap oh. mushrooms the rare mushrooms wow. used in this are incredibly potent with maple like characteristics oh, yeah. So the mushrooms actually dried it out like a teeny bit, which I appreciated. They gave it like an earthiness that evened out all this fucking straight up sugar that was going into me. Mm-hmm. Um, really, really tasty. Great beer. I, uh, you won't believe this, but I believe I five star. I did five star it. Dang, so there you Must go. Been good. And then if you're wondering about memory and perception, it has coconut, maple, cacao nibs, almond, and condensed milk. Condensed milk. It's made it being a magic bar. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. What the hell? Yeah, it's very sweet. It's, it was good. And then Pure Joy from Pulpit Rock. Oh, that was excellent. Was yeah, the, the, uh, um, yeah, that was a um, un- non-barrel aged uh, stout from Pulpit Rock. That was just straight up Mounds mm-hmm. Bar um, or Almond Joy, I yeah. guess. Uh, uh, coconut and almonds. So that, that was quite nice too. Yeah, that was really good. Um, honestly, the brewery that that I keep thinking about that I really loved was Frau Gruber. They didn't have any heavy stouts, but um, we went there one day and they just had Hellas and Pills, and they were amazing. And then we went there the day before and they had Hazy IPA and like a pale ale or something. And the Hazy IPA was fucking good. Yeah, um, here's what I'm thinking for Mafco to come up with the ultimate griff beer: a Hellas. Barrel aged on coconut. What do you think? Mm. That sounds like something that Juxta Nomad would make has already made. 
I'm positive they've already Just made put some menu. caramels in there, too. Kavik yeast lager with <laughs> coconut. Oh. There you go. That's a Juxta Nomad gear if I ever heard of one. Right there. Um, you know, the other... Uh, I also enjoyed some of the musical acts at NBCC oh this gosh. year. Uh, there was... Um, there was the wood flute guy was back. There's a soloist who plays the wood flute. I, I who plays like careless whisper on the wood flute. I love, love him. It. He's really good. Um, there was also a, I don't know if you're familiar with an organ grinder. Yes. Tony, yeah. like the thing, like, so there was a, an older couple they were so that came cute. up in full, like regalia, sort of like thirties. Um, I'd say like for lack of a better term, like cir- traveling circus, but regalia not, almost but not in like a like a comical or humorous no, way not like a they clown were like, way just like very they, they had a they had a greatest yes. showman type of yes like they had it, you know the yep. guy had a top hat and a vest and all these little pins all over it so and she the, had this really cute red hat with the big flower and this netting and this cute dress and so they're playing so you have the, the lady with the organ grinder and the the feller is playing the accordion um, that was quite, that was quite good. And, uh, you know, we're about, there's a bunch of fucking beer slobs there. This, this fest more than any other draws just the pure, for lack of a better term, autists of the beer world, um, who just have like barely any social skills, um, are operating like on the thinnest thread of a, a connection to reality. I know. Um, my don't people. know how to like move around in a place. They're just yes, like totally. people. uncertain as to what's going on at any point um and then there's just gross slobs right i mean maybe i'm closer to the gross slob but there are there is just some group sitting there and they look kind of grimy the one guy kind of reminded me the guy we're thinking of had like a dirty hoodie on had an aaron Rodgers type face on him but he was like four feet tall um short little dude and he must have just unleashed a fucking (laughs) nasty ass fart because the old lady playing the organ grinder is waving her fucking nose. Like, <laughs> and, and, and like not being like, shy Ew! about it. And, like, and right, yeah. Physically shifts their whole <laughs> little get up over and she's just like, nasty. Waving Someone poo pooed in their pants. <laughs> I was dying. Yeah. Oh. So gross. Shameless. I loved it. So that was, that was pretty funny. But good, good musical acts. Now, speaking um, about musical acts, of course, we had the greatest musical um, award show recently uh, over the past weekend, yes. Eurovision. What did we all Hell think yeah. about it? Um, I watched the grand final. <sighs> Didn't watch it live, but I watched it um, have some very um, big thoughts on it, actually. Kelly, I'll, I'll I, I let you that. speak about it. And, uh, yeah. I, yeah, you go okay, I love Eurovision. Of course. And we watched, we watched the, the semis, too, and so... Um, the first night had a lot of exciting activity. The second night, there were so many soloists and they were so vanilla and and just not, not exciting. And then the, um, who was it? Was it Austria that had the Edgar Allan Poe song? That was, that like shook up everything. I was like, okay, finally we're getting something interesting. And then Um, I, yes, (laughs) I, in terms of, the winner, I am not thrilled with the result. I now I liked Finland. I yes, Finland. I Finland, Finland was so 
fun and it, like energetic and like had the right amount of just I liked Australia bizarre. too. Uh, Australia was fun. I, they like the guy. <laughs> I love that he had the keytar in the passenger seat of the DeLorean. Like, that was pretty great. Those guys get Eurovision. Like, we've had some acts before that were were too serious. We've had a couple that have gone close um, in the past winning it. But I want to say I'm not mad at it, but I get why people are mad at it. Because Eurovision is not a contest about what is the best song. I know that's what it reports to be, but that's not what it is. It's about mm-hmm. getting the Eurovision formula right. And it was mm-hmm. a battle between um, Pure Absurdus, which has won in the past, and Cha-Cha-Cha, Human Centipede, should have won. But <laughs> I will say Lorene hit every, like, Eurovision trope. Hit the Eurovision had. target, yeah. yeah. Like, as much as she absolutely nailed the judges with all the 12s that she got, she got a lot of 10s from the crowd. So let's be clear she wasn't like an underdog with the crowd vote either it just wasn't the landslide that that finland was um i i did love you know the guys with the mustaches and the croatia croatia with the yeah love those guys yes i cannot believe the judges underscored them so much but there was one of the other acts that scored really well i forget who it was um she wore like this green suit with wings and she scored really poorly with the judges, but apparently during the um, judges' showcase, she was flat as a tack. So that's why she hardly scored anything. Mm. But um, mm. on the, in the grand final, she she actually hit the notes that she missed um, in the judges' showcase. And that's a part of it is we don't get to see the judges' showcase. I would like to see right. that actually televised. Um and see what they saw versus what we saw. Maybe Finland just weren't as good during the showcase. We don't know. Could be. But the other thing I was disappointed about with Eurovision is there wasn't as much block voting as traditionally goes on. So Greece usually usually Mm. votes for Cyprus. Cyprus votes for Greece. Right, yeah. Um, And that was a little bit more fair this year. And I'm not in for fairness. I'm in here for Europolitics, fusing with music, but I will say the hosts absolutely nailed it. Um, Graham Norton uh, and Hannah were amazing because um, they they mm-hmm. they were in on the joke and they got it, and the crowd was amazing. It, it was one of the best Eurovisions in a long time. It was a good time. I, I it was super it. fun. I enjoyed it this year. Um, I, I will cover one more event from NBCC that I thought was noteworthy. Uh, after all the fest stuff. Now, Saturday, we did go. I will say, Saturday, we went to the, the this year for the first time, they had an after party. Mm-hmm. Um, and the after party was just a total shit show. We just popped in for one beer to look at it. Uh, a man in front of me dumped out a tote bag full of broken glass, um, which I was appreciative of. Thank you. Literally for, for on our guy. feet. Yeah, just dumping out the thing of broken glass. And also, <laughs> I watched a, uh, I watched two funny things. One was a guy jump kicking the air. Um, and all, and then just eating shit, just falling fucking nearly face first on the concrete. Oh no, he fell flat on his ass. Right, like, yeah. He just jumped and then just bang, yeah, right on the tailbone. Yeah. And then the entire Splat. crowd of Danes and Swedes, I presume, um, singing along to the uh, Eminem Mom Spaghetti song um, was something oh, that, I never thought I'd. That sounds witness. amazing. 
It was, it it was, was something else. And it was a very hard left turn from like the house music they were playing right yeah. before that. Right. And then all of a sudden it's What did they yourself. follow up with? Yeah, yeah, ding dong? Because that would have been a good I wish. I wish. <laughs> and then we, um, uh, so the next day we went to one more kind of signature event. Uh, after doing something fun, which was that you can do that we had done for the first time, which is you can just go to the Mickler um, in the central market there. You, they have a little Mickler bottle shop and they do little releases. You can just buy a beer there and then go sit on the picnic benches and just crack bottles, uh, which is this was the first time so I ever fun. just did that. And it was awesome. That's a great thing you can do. That was very fun. But then we walked over to a place called Cool Ship, which did a all lager takeover of um, lagers from Ennegrin, which is here in L.A. Um, well, not here, but close. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Halfway Crooks from Atlanta, who, who happened to have made my lager sweatshirt. And uh, had, had ourselves a few lagers. They were absolutely delicious. Poured nicely out of the side pour faucets at that place. And uh, that was a very nice way to, to wrap up our trip. Uh, all in all, a lovely experience. So thank you to everyone for listening to that. And uh, I'm appreciative of Kel for being here to describe that. But why don't we, real quick, why don't we do a couple of our traditional segments um, before we roll on out of here? Why don't we do the Logger of the Week? I'll go first since it's my segment. Um, <laughs> my lager of the week is the Beerstadt Lager House Slow Pour Pills, um, which they are currently carrying at the Silver Stamp. Uh, famous lager from Colorado. Uh, I have it in my fridge right now. Oh, actually, I don't. I just drank. We just drank the last two. But uh, we did have it in right our now. fridge, and you can get it at Corey's and Cans. And they have it on draft at the Silver Stamp. If you're in Vegas, get it while you can. They slow pour it, takes five minutes. They top it up real nice for you, fluff it up, and serve it in the traditional glass with the little like ring holder thing on the foot of the glass. It was fantastic and is fantastic. So I, I, uh, I will turn it over to you with the assumption that it's probably that. Yeah, you still have my answer. There it is. Tony, <laughs> how about you? Um, I've got to say the Mefco Mutzen because I was doing a lot of sampling and at the end of the night we were able to take a pull straight off the tank and there is nothing better than tank beer (laughs) that doesn't cost you anything. Awesome. All right, let's move on to our beers of the week. So I was able to go to the fridge in the amount of time that, that was that played. Perfectly timed. That was awesome. Uh, Tony, go ahead. I've had a lot of stuff this week, um, but I haven't checked it in. I've got a four pack of it, um, but it's probably my highlight, and it's a highlight of every year. Um, so I'll mention it now, and it's um, Timothy Tomothy Slamothy from Brewdog. Which is their Tim Tam inspired milk. Brewdog. Yep. Uh, not Brewdog. Not Brewdog. Moondog. Fucking Moondog. Like, yeah. Actually, a good brewery with with good morals. Well, as far as I, I know. Can say Brewdog make Tim Tam beer? What? No. Well, they probably do, but they do a shitty version of it. But yeah. Moondog 
they put it out every year, six and a half percent milk stout. It's um, it's killer. Really, really love that beer. Uh, an honourable mention for Bright Breweries, Affogato Stout, which is vanilla and coffee together, Ooh. which is pretty good as well. So those are probably my two highlights for this week. Kel, what about you? What's your beer of since the last time you were on? <laughs> God, there's been so many. Um <laughs> back something yeah yeah i mean for a moment i was like oh something from the fest but that was more than a week ago because time doesn't matter anymore um i mean it's probably cheating to say the slow pour pills again it is you have to yes yeah. it, it, it has to be bottom for mad i know Ugh. well no it doesn't have to be bottom for mad, but it can't be a repeat of the lager yeah yeah, yeah. no that's fair i'm trying to think of something what did i have like what if i had it stamped i keep going um, for that that Rothhaus pills at Corey's, which is fine. That is good. Um, well, you've had, uh, you had some, we had some side project that we opened the bearded pies. Mm-hmm. We had, um, the, uh, um, we had that Steinbach yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, we've had some, uh, uh, stout. Oh, we, yesterday I opened up that vanilla stout that you liked. Yeah, that was really good. Okay. What was that? That was called Kamigoy. Uh, Kel's beer of the week is called Kamigoy. Yeah, that one. <laughs> it is a bourbon barrel aged stout uh, with vanilla from Transient Artisanales in uh, Bridgman, Michigan. Mm-hmm. Oh, they weren't at the fest this year. I they weren't them. at the fest this year. No, I was sad. I agree. Uh, Tony, my favorite beer of the week was Beer to Pies Blend 11 uh, from Side Project, 4% Tart Saison. Uh, came in the big shitload of side project that I spent too much money on at no, a didn't. charity auction. Whatever you spent was well worth it because I'm familiar yeah, with Yeah, you love side project. Yeah. Side project guy, yeah. I have to t- Only got a couple left, I think. I've got a BBT and a um, fuzzy, I think, Ooh. left. So. I haven't had fuzzy. Um, I've oh, had yeah, the BBT stuff, which is killer. Yeah, BBT rocks. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's good stuff. It's almost like um, I know what they're doing. I think those side project guys are hitting the hitting the nail on the head there uh, with stout sour, and they're doing that shared stuff. So they're making clean beer now. Um, mm-hmm. Pretty good, pretty good Very stuff. Tasty. We like them. All right, great time, gang. Uh, since we have the marketing expert here, I, I have sort of a marketing focused hyper beer nerd dork shit news that I'd like to do. Hyper beer nerd dork shit news. All right. Well, Tony and I have talked pretty much uh, in totally. You didn't like that one. <laughs> that was just really funny. <laughs> you liked it a lot better than Brian, who listens to any of these and goes "fuck you." Pretty much. I have a sense of humor. Oh, that's right. Oh, burn. Um. So the Bud Light thing, Tony and I have talked pretty incom- in, uh, comprehensively about. Um, uh, now they have the, there's just a new story every week about it, which, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here, strikes me as exactly the thing you didn't want to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, you wanted it, maybe if you created one news story is one thing, but having a new one come out every week is maybe the problem. Yeah. But this came out uh, just today. Bud Light to launch camouflage bottle amid transgender controversy. The plan is a response to boycott uh, to the boycotts over the company's promotion of a transgender 
influencer. Anheuser-Busch will temporarily redesign its Bud Light and Budweiser aluminum bottles with camouflage print in an effort to boost sales after its promotion of a transgender influencer. According to a report, it is set to launch this line of aluminum bottles to promote the Folds of Honor program, which provides educational scholarships for uh, families of fallen and disabled American military service members and first responders. So uh, I'm interested in your take, not on this specifically, mm-hmm. but uh, one thing that I, I tend to believe with this is that um, doing the transgender influencer part um, was one thing, and uh, that was a fine thing to do, and it made some of the freaks kind of mad. Mm-hmm. But if we know anything about the freaks, is that they tend to have a short memory and we, a short uh, interaction with things. Yep. Um, so I, I think some of the folks? mistakes they have made, I, I'm, I'm interested in what you think about what's happened since. Ooh. Um I mean, just for this story that has come out today with their new camo bottles, it's one, it's now it's kind of feels a little bit pandering no. to Yes. <laughs> okay, a little bit, a lot of it. Pandering. And it's just it's frustrating from like a from a marketing perspective because they really have no they have no point of view on anything. They're just now it's becoming apparent to me that they are just chasing after grasping at straws, a shiny object. They don't have, they haven't chosen a point of view or a lane or this is what we care about. We're going to view everything that we do through this lens of whatever that might be. Um, Bad example, but like Patagonia, they're all in on climate change, right? Everything that they do is somehow tied back to climate change. Sure. It's very clear what their point of view is. Right. Bud Light has no point of view. And right. we can get into a whole thing about brands having a point of view, blah, blah, blah. But if you're gonna if you're gonna do something, you should stand behind it. Behind that's, it. that's what I was getting at is the mistake they made was my, my thought uh, so I think you know this, but they 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 did the they sent the beers to Dylan Mulvaney. They did the um they sort of had that hap, that little firestorm they having for a couple days, Kid Rock mm-hmm. shooting the fucking thing. Right. And then they started. They started firing people. Mm-hmm. And um, no, 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 they were all on like extended leaves of absence or right. something. Well, and they, well, they now they just fired. Them. And now they fought. All right. And, and now they fired. Got it. Got it. And as a result of that, guess what happened? And I think you know, the, a whole other set of people got mad at them. So essentially, they just made everyone mad at this point, right? Well, yeah. So they've reached the point now where. They're trying to win back one crew at the expense of another, another. crew. They're being very reactionary. And they're just reacting to everything. And right. I yep. think that that's, I think, it, I think it just seems like it's going to continue. I thought last week we were like, all right, this will sort of be it. But what they, try, they keep finding a new yeah. thing to do. It's no, amazing. They're just, they're flailing. They're just flailing around. They, they need to stop and take a moment and think about, okay, what do we actually like want right. to do? Yep. And get their shit together. Now, what's funny is I don't give a shit about Bud Light. So well, no. the no, idea that you have to be a Bud Light defender or opposition, I, I don't care. No, uh, it's, Bud it's Light could disappear off the face of the earth. Yeah. It's just it's funny to have this big company but uh, shooting around. I did. I, yeah, go ahead. It's Tony. the reason I think we, we have um, a problem with Brewdog on this podcast. It's the whole like contradictory messages thing. Like you've got an owner that 
is a dick at times and then there's signs in the brewery about inclusivity and then there's other programs where they're like really respectful of people and are a part of the community and then again something contradictory comes out about Brewdog and and their practices and their opinions and if you don't pick a lane it's okay to be a dick brewer we 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 talk about many dick brewers on this show um and you're better off being a dick brewer than a flip-flopper and that's what it feels like to me and and they're they're mm-hmm. flopping around, and you're right. They haven't picked a point of view, and mm-hmm. they don't know who their target market is. Is that because they're too no. big, or they're just incompetent and lucked into this audience? I think it's the latter. They were just yeah, big, well, I, and they were one of the big three. Well, I think it was it was also they were making it making an attempt at getting the Gen Z audience with the Dylan Mulvaney stuff and. To do what they did is like the ultimate turnoff for Gen Z because Gen Z wants you to have a point of view and wants you to stand up for something and follow through. And they did the absolute opposite. And it's a dumpster fire for them now. Yep. Who would have thought that the guy bringing out the anti-woke beer would have had run a better campaign than Bud Light? Now, um... It is funny. I I do like to point this out every week that if we recall the ultra right beer that got some publicity Mm -hmm. for a little bit there, the guy selling the $35 six pack of like shit beer. Um, I like to look and see like, okay, so when was the last time anyone thought about that? And if you look up ultra right beer, my my assumption is he did it once and it was a grift and he's going to scurry off with the money. It has now been one full month since there, since there was any news. Uh, about ultra right beer, so this man I think made a million dollars and ran away. I think he might. Is there? A, is his website still up? Can you still? The website still up. I can think, you still uh, put it in ooh, order? Let's see if I can. Um, I'm like, I want to go on Google Trends. Ultra right beer. Still searching for this. Uh, I. I uh, it seems order. like I can. <laughs> still order a twenty dollar six pack it says in okay so now this says in production pre-order it'll ship 30 days after order so if i'm thirsty in a month i will maybe get a beer how does that work conservative is he brewing a six pack at a time that's not how things work <laughs> like, you brew a batch yeah and when that batch is ready it <laughs> turn that bitch over two weeks you know yeah at the, at the most yeah so i don't think i don't think anything's going on there i think i think it's a scam so um, well, of course it's a grift, but whatever. Uh, and then, um, boy, keeping on this, so uh, Miller Lite felt like they were kind of bored and wanted to get involved in this. So <laughs> they've done a commercial uh, which points to longstanding sexism in beer ads has sparked outrage and led to a campaign of harassment. Hang on, I'm going to pull you up on this. This is a... They haven't just done this. They did this before the Bud Light thing became a controversy. Yeah, I was going to say, this was two months old, yeah. yeah. Um, so they, they released this ad with Alana Glazer two months ago. Nobody gave a fuck back then. It was just right. an ad. Hey, um, it's still just an ad. It was an quite ad. a good ad. Um, and it's just that shitheads like Rogan and, you know, those, those types on the uh, – on the fringes, uh, on both sides, have grasped onto this after it's been released, and it now becomes a thing. And now yeah, they're mad. Yeah, 
the idea was with this ad that you could send in, in like the old, um, or they were going to take the old sexist beer ads and turn them into fertilizer. Um, or grind them up or whatever. Uh, turning it from bad shit into good shit. Recycling campaign. So uh, it, this happened months ago, and now Rogan and fucking Dennis Prager and whoever else wanted Dan Boingo are discovering these fucking ads and getting mad about it. So, Did you um, see um, Dan Boingo's um, interview with Donald Trump? Yeah, that was something else. Huh? Oh, <laughs> God. Such a train wreck. I love it. Because you cannot get a more incompetent person, well, other than Brian Kilmeade, outside of the extended Fox News umbrella than than Dan Boingo. And uh, his interview with with Trump was amazing because he can't ask a hard question. Yeah, my my advice to Miller Lite in this case would be just don't do anything. I would just not. It's not don't do anything. Uh, If somebody makes threats at your employees, stand up for them. But that's it. You don't have to. You don't have to do anything, and you will just come out fine on this. Don't don't worry about it. Don't don't do what the other guys did. Uh, but at, hey, then again, or do I don't know. Whatever you guys want, mm-hmm. gives you content. Um, yeah, it's working out for me. Uh, <laughs> Makes the ally. So one more, one more marketing ploy here. Purdue, the chicken gang, the guys who make chicken. Oh, I was like, grow chickens or yeah, I was chicken, like the University of Purdue. Nope, no, Purdue, not. the chicken company here in the U.S., has made its own beer or oh, no. beer can chicken. Okay. Um, uh, so Purdue is selling a 12.5-ounce can of beer that's specifically made for beer can chicken in time for the summer grilling season. Appropriately titled Beer Can Chicken Beer, the limited edition brew is a honey double citrus summer ale brewed with classic grilled chicken seasonings like rosemary thyme and pink peppercorn. The fourteen ninety nine six packs will be sold online only, and you know I love doing this, buying this shit, uh, beginning May twenty second. So this was brewed by Torch and Crown, yeah, okay. uh, which I think is in New York City. Yes, yes, Manhattan based. I'm over on um, the website at the I moment. like this. Oh, you like this? I like this. Okay. Really, to me, just bear with me. This seems like um, they used our. Good bud, friend of the friend of the pod, Chat GPT, and said, "Can you come up with a beer recipe for beer can chicken, but it's only a beer?" And that's what Chat GPT came up with. Maybe because Maybe. it's got I, I every buzzword, every phrase, flavors. it's hit every note. Like you, as a marketing but is person, it, is it, would know that that's too perfect. But is it also flavors that you want in your chicken, though? Right. Like you've got the rosemary and all those herbs and rosemary whatever. Thyme, like, pink peppercorn, yeah. fine honey. Actually, they say this beer is also for drinking, um, <laughs> and it tastes good. So I, I, this beer actually sounds much better than – I would love to make beer can ch- ch- chicken with the uh, chili beer. I think that would be pretty good, Ugh. actually. Um, chili beer is a terrible but, uh, No, it's that chili beer I the bought Hormel. from Hormel. Oh, the Hormel dude, one. The one that beer. tastes like fucking chili. Yeah, I forgot about the, the Hormel one. It tastes like licking – the can right um but i think this would I, this beer actually sounds like it would taste fine to drink um so i i would i like the t- I, I made yeah. a rosemary pale when i was a home brewer briefly mm-hmm. and it was pretty good so i think i would i think i would give this a shot uh i'm not sure if i like it as a marketing ploy well, but that's uh, why i like it i like it from that like the marketing point of view i think it's smart it 
it works for them. They yeah yeah. They, I think it fits with them. I think a, you're right. As a as a chicken brand, as a they are a chicken brand. <laughs> uh, a and I do brand. like beer can chicken. I yeah, think beer can chicken just, is a tasty thing. It's you can timely. Eat. It's relevant. Tony, it's a fun you, play. Are you familiar with beer can chicken? I am very familiar with beer can chicken and the whole idea of sticking a can up a chicken's wrinkle to keep it moist. Chickens. Chickens whole. Cloaca. <laughs> is that the word? No, I don't. Uh, we're not doing that bit on this show. That's on the other show. There's no bit. That's the biological thing. <laughs> oh, okay. Um, all right. We're going to do one more segment. I have a game today. I think that this is a game very specifically for Kelly, but but Tony, you have to play too. Oh, goodness. Um, this is a round of the classic game, This or That. Plink, plunk, plink, plink, This or that. Okay. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> All right, I'm ready. So maybe uh, on this on this round of this or that, uh, it's really more of a real or fake mm. type game. And what I have are a handful of reviews uh, on Untapped by a fellow that <gasps> Kelly and I know, a man named Bob. Bob Bobbo, we'll call him. So I don't Bobo. use his full name. A man named Bobbo <laughs> is on here. Legend. And some some of these reviews, there's seven of them that I've captured here. Some of these are Shoot, uh, ones that uh, I wrote, and some of them, an undetermined amount, are ones that Bob... <laughs> Thank you, Tony. Oh, I just played Appreciate Daddy's last name. Bobbo. Uh, just having fun with the bleeping. This is this. These are so. Some of these are his, an undetermined amount. Some of these are mine. Shoot, and, and I'm Tony, not. I'm not up on my untapped review you, you reading. and Kelly will uh, compete against each other. I feel like Kelly's got to, an unfair uh, advantage here because she knows. B- she knows. B- <laughs> she knows. B- I do. Uh, yeah. Uh, but, so she does have an unfair advantage, but she's the guest. So, um, and and Tony, don't worry. Uh, the um, uh, the award for both of you is that you will have to see me uh, at some point within the next week. So both of you, it's, it's tough. It's a tough end for either. Um, okay, first one. We normally have to give money to a charity. Um, so uh, I can't do that this time because some of my money is tied up in one or both of us. <laughs> I, have, I have some money. I have some money in, that's uh, related to the these, this project. I think. Oh. I'm confused. All right, Kelly, you will have to <laughs> donate one million dollars from your own from a mis, from a from your own American Airlines credit card to an orphanage if you oh. uh, if you lose. Okay. All right. All right. So you're getting double points on that. Great. Which is cool. Love double points. All right, first one, this Bobbo, he's drinking a beer called Orange uh, by Evil Twin Brewing. Mm-hmm. And this is at a place, oh, you're familiar with this place, Cal, Iron and Glass, or maybe? Yeah. It says, late check-in, in all fairness, I drank this with a big shot of Amaretto, which produced a Tootsie Pop combination. Solid shooter, which took me two gulps. Thank Josh, no pick. Four stars. Who's going first? Uh... Uh, Tony, why don't you go first? So, this seems to have all the hallmarks of a 
characters that you used to hang out with at Iron and Glass. I'm, I'm familiar with the, the fact that you used to have some units that you used to hang out with there. But <laughs> This man is an absolute unit. Mm-hmm. He's not really, he's pretty, he's kind of a skinny guy. Oh, yeah, unit has nothing to do with body size. Unit has to do with what's in your head. Um, And I would – this seems too well written. It seems like it's hitting all the sweet spots a little too well. So, therefore, I'm going to say this has come out of the wild and crazy mind of my co-host, Griff. You think think this is one I wrote? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. It's fake. Oh, you both say it's fake. Yep. Yep. Gang, this is a real check-in what? from Bobo. Uh, absolutely 100% real. So we end that round Two. with the score to be 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm. So long. Next one. <laughs> it's usually aren't that long. Next one from Bobo. This was at, this is a, a beer called Barrel-Aged Deep Orbit Commander Cavendish. So this is a banana. Even spe- specifies the Henera of banana. On this other half barrel-aged stout, uh, the Cavendish banana. Uh, it's not a made-up beer, Kel. I know I talk a lot about Cavendish bananas, so you can't you can't I do say not made like up beer. It's a real beer. And beer. Um, not like banana. So this is uh, this was checked in at uh, Charlie Murphy's Craft Beer Emporium, uh, and it <laughs> says uh, it's a four and a quarter rating. Nanner on the finish. Good little girl. Thanks, Murph. Kelly, That's all you get. You get first dibs on this. Yeah, Kelly gets first dibs on this. Mm-hmm. I feel like the good little girl is a red herring because <laughs> I don't like where he checked it in. Charlie Murphy's whatever, whatever. Charlie Murphy's craft beer and pour it. Yeah, that one. That mm-hmm. seems unusual. Okay. So I'm going to say fake again. I'm right. going to go with Tony? real. I... It's nice. It's snappy. It's creepy. I think <laughs> creepy. <laughs> All right. uh, Tony, uh, the good little girl on this one was real. Uh, this is a real, a real check-in. Oops. Tony, it's it's one zero to Tony. Mm-hmm. Really, really. Uh, Have you beaten me in a game? My, my What's that? Have you beaten me in a game that we've we've had on this show? It seems to I seem to win quite a lot against you. I feel. I the feel like Kelly, the reason we Kelly usually play together. This is, Tony, this is true. Yeah. This is true. Uh, Kelly Kelly overthinks. Kelly thinks this uh, in a total circle. She doesn't really have the. She she has good instincts, but she will think herself out of the <laughs> right answer. True. This is true. So that's yes. why this was a yeah. great game to do because she's probably actually read these allowed to I be mean, I probably banned. have, but I haven't and, looked at... But has convinced her that I am trying to, his, to trick her. Yes. I haven't looked at his check-ins in, like, I don't know, the past few days. So okay. Well, some of these are pretty I'm, old. So. Oh, okay. Now, next I, one I, 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 I have come up with a perfect beer for Kelly now. It's a mm-hmm. okay. it's a Roush Banana barrel Age beer. Mm-hmm. Smoked banana. Smoked banana. Yeah. Smoked banana Just, porter. Yep. Awful. Here we go. Just... Number Terrific. three, we have five zero, left. Zero stars. You, you got five left <laughs> to get to get back here. Uh, this beer is called Galactic Storm by Treehouse Brewing. Uh, he says, Major League Tasty, good little fruiter, citrus abound. Thanks, KR, for the drop. Four and a half stars. Oh, this was also done at Charlie Murphy's Craft Beer Emporium, by the way. Which we know is real now. Um, Which is real, I'm going to go first this time around. 
and I'm going to say fake. There are elements <laughs> that ring true with that last check-in, but then there are some that just seem a little too smooth. No. Fruiter? Good little fruiter. Who says fruiter? Like, Your husband. Good little fruiter. Uh, I'm going with fake again. I'm just going to keep going on fake. I'm going to get I have, okay. like, law of averages here. That one is real. Damn it. <laughs> God, it wasn't your husband. Uh, that one is real. Fruiter? Good little fruiter. I was thinking he was like having a play with fruiter and fruit, fruit together. Fruited. I, I didn't. I, I didn't say how many of these are real or fake. So. I, I like that Next one because um, when you do an even amount, it sort of tips your hand yeah, one way or another. Oh yeah, that's true. That's true. I'm, I'm learning how to play games against Tony. Finally, <laughs> after three years. Next up, right. Bobo is Bobo. drinking and every everyone stands beneath their own dome of heaven. February twenty twenty three batch six. By Root and Branch Brewing at oh. Charlie Murphy's Craft Beer Emporium. Where is this Charlie it's Murphy's? Fake. It's his garage or oh, something. Okay. Uh, looked chalky green, scary, but drank smooth as hell. Digging this little girl. Four point three five. Thanks, Kr, for the drop. Okay, that one sounds real. That one sounds that fake to me. Um, yeah, that's All right, Tony's going fake. too creepy. It crosses the line. Too creepy. Oh, there, there is no, there is no too creepy. And that's correct, Kelly. That one is real. Yes. Finally. Uh, it is one to one through four. You got three left. I feel like it was two to one. I feel like Tony got two right. No. 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 Nope. Oh, I was Giving just trying to give Tony points. <laughs> yep. Trying to lose. Okay. Trying to lose. I'm not trying to lose. Next up, uh, Babo. Uh, is drinking a generational blend one. Oh, Tony would like this by Side Project Brewing. This is at the Country Club of Decatur. Uh, still a maze balls IMO. Poured this at nearly 62 degrees F. No adjunct product from our friends at SP and Half Acre. Just damn incredible. Second time with this little girl. Might even appreciate it more today. Thanks, TB. Five stars. What can you just tell me? This is what I don't understand about the check-ins. Who is he thanking and why? Uh, I don't know who TB is. Uh, there's only a couple people I ever know. It, he's probably thanking whoever brought the bottle. Yeah, whoever bought it yeah. and brought it because okay, he's got a yeah. Phobes gene in him. This fella, yeah. this fella's hunting uh, down a free lunch like nobody's mm-hmm. business. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Did you want to take a shot at this, or did you want me to take a hey, shot at this? What do you got? Will you read it again? I need you to I would read love it. to. Yeah, it's some it of the best content it's we've ever so had on the show. Gross. Uh, still amaze balls, IMO. Poured this at nearly 62 degrees F. No adjunct product from our friends at SP and Half Acre. Just damn incredible. Second time with this little girl. I'd even appreciate it more today. Thanks, TB. I regret asking you to read it again. Yeah. yeah. See, like the FBI is yeah, that was bad. Yeah. yeah. I, know I think this one's fake. See, I think this one's oh, real. Fake. Tony says real. I don't know. The detail about the degrees Fahrenheit is the thing that gets me. You can't just say 60, See, 62. That, that's, 62 degrees. That's genius if if Griff has written this review. I, I like See, the that's 62. Something that, I, the, that was what threw me. I'm like, that doesn't seem in character. For Bobo? No. 
So you're going fake. I'm going fake. Tony's right. This one's real. <laughs> the anger in, the, in her face. Oh, man. Now, now, the, now the puzzlement, the bemusement. <laughs> She's like, is this the person like, I actually know? Know this. The, the funny part is, it, it's, this is like an alter ego. His check-ins are not the way that he speaks. Yeah, he speaks in a totally different, annoying, and weird way. Like, he's still ju- he's still irritating and, and strange. Oh, but, I hope he doesn't listen to the show. I, <laughs> Actually, I might have to cut that mean thing I just said out. I mean, reading his check-ins and making fun of that is funny, but just, no one should say the phrase. There is no related way he to, to the show. No, I would I'm say not cutting that. Calling something a little girl is uncomfortable. Like someone needs to have a conversation with him and be like. Maybe we don't say this. Those are inside thoughts. We keep them to ourselves. But maybe we, don't shouldn't, put we them shouldn't be having on these the internet. Yeah. Oh, that. Oh, that's. Yeah. Well, that's a whole yes. But at least you know what. Like, let's. These aren't for public consumption. True. Public it, publishing them on the internet. Mm, maybe not. All okay. right. Two more. <laughs> uh, Tony's up two to one. This one is Bob. Bobo, uh, Bobo is drinking uh, slushy XXL royalty by 450 North Brewing mm-hmm. at Charlie Murphy's Craft Beer Emporium in Bloomington, Illinois. He says, Super tasty little fruiter. Wouldn't mind getting with this little girl again. 4.6. Thanks, Josh. Getting <laughs> <laughs> with? Oh my God. If you weren't creeped out already. Yeah, it's this whole just just took it to a whole nother mm-hmm. level of gross. Mm-hmm. <sighs> I don't. Um, this is real. It's just it's, just, it's real. It's you think this is real? I, this is fake. This is. I feel like it's fake because it, get with is icky. But um, okay. I, see here, I'm going in my complete you're going circle. In your circle. Like, I, I, it's so icky that it's real. You're saying real. I'm saying it's Tony fake. Tony says fake because Tony's right. It's yeah. fake. I made this. This is. I made this one up. <laughs> I I made this one up. Now and it's all over. Tony's gonna win, and the Bob the Bob too. <laughs> now you and I have to have a conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I was able to fabricate this Bob checking. So we got oh, we got God. one left. This oh. one might be my my favorite one of uh, the whole batch. Oh. <laughs> Bobo is drinking a Flex Your Head by Hidden Hand at Iron Glass. Upon fist taste, this is a weed beer. Yes, that weed. Not sure how missed uh, that on my first pass many months ago. Blame it on the hops, I assume. Deep butterscotch coloring, mild haze, 4.25. Okay, I feel like I read this one. Okay. So I think this one's real. That one's real. Tony? I'm, I'm going to go against you just to make the scoreline closer. I, I just want to say, I think this one is also real, but I'm not going to vote that way uh, because I, okay. I don't think that's fair um, because there's just a disconnect in the language just that is a unit would have. See, there's, there's like that, that last one, there were a couple of things that were just like griffisms. Get with is a griffism. Um, that, that was that was me. Tr- I was trying very hard to be creepy. I yeah. tried very hard to you make that as about succeeded. as creepy as I could. Yeah. Yeah. But um, um, this one I, I think is real. But I'm going to vote fake. 
Okay, it's three to two. Tony wins. That one was real. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you didn't notice, I, they were all real except one. Um, they, these are all amazing, and they were mostly just things I copied and pasted. So. <laughs> Very good. Um, oh, can't get stranger than the truth, I suppose. Weirder, creepier. <laughs> Love the. Probably hit shouldn't. Me. Probably shouldn't even. Probably shouldn't even put this game out there. But we will. Um, or, or, or we have to go through and replace uh, the name with like Bill or something. But um, Bilbo Baggins. You know what? I probably who knows? I might never see this fella again. So yeah. Uh, What's just the some, worst that can happen? Check. He can stalk you, hunt you down, and murder you in your sleep. It's a risk I'm willing to take. Pull over that, yeah. Um, Cool. Well, that's all we got, Tony. Uh, Kel, any uh, anything else to add? Or Tony, you want to go ahead and want, uh, want Tony? Why, should, why don't we do this first? Why don't you tell people where they can find us? Huh? They can find us. Just the two of us on Untapped. Your Griff AD. <laughs> Nobody ever yeah. checks in beers with you. Um, is in your company. So your Griff AD. Mm-hmm. I'm Saint Moz <laughs> on Untapped. I just checked in Cryo Humulus from Bacchus Brewing. It was a delicious double dry hop filtered, non-filtered IPA. Um, and that was on Untapped. That got rated a four. Um, if you want to see photographs of, of Griff, check it out at the Beer Engine Pod. I shouldn't say photographs of Griff, photographs of Griff's beer, which is far more attractive in my view. You said um, beer. No. Yeah. <laughs> Not little girls, just beer. So, yeah. um, if, you, if you weren't creeped out by today's show... Um, you need to seek help. But if you were creeped out but still enjoyed the show, ko-fi.com forward slash beer engine podcast to send us a tip. And if you're old school and want to um, send us an email or sign us up on an email list, you can do that at beerengineshow at gmail.com. That's right. And make sure you get on our Discord. Send us a note. Send us a note on Instagram. Click on the Discord uh, link at the bottom of the page and you can... Now, Come hang out with us there. What and if you weren't creeped out by the show, might I recommend another show that Tony does, This Ain't Iowa, where if, if you were creeped out by this, you're going to have another shot, my man. <laughs> so get, give it a, give it a chance once every couple of weeks or months or months, whenever so, that comes out. Yeah, yeah apparently you're going to get one show <laughs> in the next month because that's the right, way yeah. the works. I don't know how that right. works. But um, mm-hmm. can I suggest, seeing I've got Kelly on here, um, and you mentioned W Tudes, and we um, got a few others that uh, we used to do this with. Let's get a virtual game of GeoGuessr going between the beer engine crew on oh, our yeah. Discord. Why don't we try to maybe maybe we can weasel one together for Memorial Day weekend, huh? That'd be fun. Get a get a little yeah, uh, get a little stream, good. little little video game hang going. Let me see if I can uh, finagle yeah, that for next week. Yeah, we'll maybe, rouse maybe up the group here. Bobo in. Yeah, let's get let's get our crew out here. Max, Nick, P Mac. Yeah, everyone's in. Popped in. Get out here. Yeah, I, I don't All think right. um, Nick will pop in. I think he's in Germany at the moment. So, oh, that's right. Well, tell us how the loggers are, Nick. Good yep. times. Uh, we will uh, do this again next week, Tony. Huh? Absolutely. We're not taking every every third, second, or first week <laughs> off, depending on how our mood strikes. Catch you later. Any parting words for the folks? Nothing. From me? Yeah. Yes. Well, Seltzer Bracket 2023 oh, Seltzer is yeah. coming up in about two and a half months. So um, we're starting to gather our lists. We've decided that Sonic Seltzers have to be in the bracket this year. We've, we haven't had them yet. 
But if there are suggestions, you can so drop them in Celsius Central on can, Discord. Can I suggest um, dropping, because of their poor marketing rather than any of their political views, just dropping Bud from the competition? Ooh, it is going to be tough. Tough. They, they. <laughs> it's, they had one of the win, one of the top two last year, I that Coke-flavored one. It was yes, good. that was really good. They, right. they, I mean, they, they dominate a large portion. You're going to learn something. You might learn something about your friends this year if a Bud Light seltzer gets into the cooler. <laughs> <laughs> All right, that didn't get a good response. All right, gang, we got to go. Lovely chatting with everyone, and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. <laughs>